podcast answer man growing a greener world Hello, everybody, and welcome back to another episode of the Podcast Answer Man. My name is Cliff Ravenscraft. Today, I'm recording yet another episode during a 24-hour podcast marathon, celebrating three years in podcasting, one full year of doing it full-time as a career, and uh, I'm very blessed to have some folks join me during the marathon, and today, I am going to be bringing to you a conversation with Joe Lample, uh, somebody who happens to be a client of mine and also has a podcast that he recently launched called Growing a Greener World. Uh, Welcome, Joe, to the program. Thanks, Cliff. Good morning to you. Good morning to you. Thank you for joining me this morning. I'm glad that uh, you were able to clear your schedule to to talk with me and keep me company and and hopefully (laughs) uh, keep me from snoring. (laughs) <laughs> no problem. I hope I don't put you to sleep, but if uh, if you do, I'll understand. You've already been up a long time. No, no, not at all. So, um, Joe, you know, I, I'm trying to think, how can I do this? How can we talk about this and just not have this be a blatant, outright commercial for me? Because that's not that's not really what I intend this to be. So I did. What's that? <laughs> I did. You're my hero. <laughs> All right. So we're we're going to talk about um, how, maybe how you found me, what how you got into you know this idea about podcasting. Before we do that, just do do us a favor. Tell us who Joe Lample is. Joe Lample is a guy that um, has a few passions, and one of them uh, is gardening, and the other is environmental stewardship. And fortunately, uh, I've made a career out of that, Cliff, as you know, and that is through. Um, my uh, opportunity to host two television shows. One uh, ran for or was in production for three years on the DIY network called Fresh from the Garden. That was in early 2000 for three years and 52 shows. All about gardening, basically uh, how to plant stuff and grow it and then harvest it from seed to harvest. A lot of fun shot in Atlanta, Georgia. And, uh, and that uh, grew out of a passion I had for gardening. Uh, I had got my master gardener designation and all these other things. And uh, HGTV was looking for a host on a new show and they did a national search and I got an email, you know, through that mass email search. And long story short, I was selected for that. Had no prior television experience or public appearance experience at all, but just a real passion for gardening and, and teaching, I think. So it came through apparently well enough so that they, uh, they selected me as the host for that show. Three years later, we ran out of material to cover. The show was very successful and they really wanted us to renew uh, to do another 36 shows or whatever it was, but we had grown everything you could possibly grow for the format of that show, so they didn't want to repeat anything, so basically we had to retire the show. Lucky for me, though, there was a um, another show uh, on PBS, a national show on PBS, that was looking to replace their current host, so there was sort of a, that perfect opportunity that fell into place, and I was selected for that. So for the last three years, I've hosted a show called Garden Smart that's on PBS in about 85% of the country. So a lot of what I do is on television as a gardener, uh, basically bringing gardens into people's homes. In addition to that, I spend the rest of my time speaking around the country about gardening and sustainability. And uh, if I'm not doing that, I'm writing about it. And my 
new love and and one I've always appreciated since the since podcasting became even somewhat popular is just a vast appreciation for radio on demand basically because of my travel schedule you know I don't get the chance to listen to NPR in the car very much cuz I'm usually in, on an airplane and uh the fact that I could download those shows and listen to them on demand, you know, my very favorite shows on anything I wanted to know was just the most incredible uh, feeling to me. And I said, you know, I, that's one other dimension that I'd like to add to my media network and, and create some content that uh, I can get out there because, you know, frankly, in my industry, uh, advertisers really aren't pouring a bunch of money into it. So, uh, there's not as much coverage these days through traditional media. And I said, well, that's okay because thankfully with new media, we can make that happen. And, uh, and so eventually I got around to doing my own podcast and uh, that's where we are today. Now to answer your question, how did I find you? I'd wanted to do a podcast for a long time, but uh, never really was able to pull the trigger because of that fear of getting started. And I know you asked your last caller, you know, what's your suggestion? And I was thinking when you asked that question on how to get started is my answer would be to just do it. Now, do your homework first. And I did a lot of that. But, you know, I got to that point where I'd gone as far as I could without some extra help. And so I said, well, podcast consultant is the kind of term that I could probably put into Google. And hopefully there's one or two or more of those guys out there. And uh, so lo and behold, when I put that term into Google, you came up first and I read your, uh, you know, of course I went online and checked you out. And I mean, you even looked the part, you know, podcast answer, man, you've got all the credentials and oh my gosh, you have met and far exceeded my expectations. And because of you, I've got my first show up and a, and a, and a website to go with it with show notes and hyperlinks and I'm telling you, I was so frustrated when I sort of tried to do it myself. And, you know, you fixed all that because I created some problems in the process. And, and you just put me at ease. And, you know, your fa one of my favorite terms out of your mouth is not a problem. Not a problem. I hear that a lot from you <laughs> because uh, I create a lot of them. But, boy, do you put me at ease. And then, you know, you just take care of it. And uh, so now we've got our eighth show ready to go. Uh, I'm going to – I'm going to – you know, run up by you once you get some rest after this long day, and then we'll go up live on my eighth show on Friday. But I love podcasting, and um, you know, thanks to you, I, 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 you know, the fog is clearing. It, this was a big foggy mess when you and I first started talking because I really didn't understand all the technical side of it or the configurations of the mixer to the digital recorder into the computer and all of that stuff. But uh, boy, I've come a long way, I think, in eight weeks. And I have to say it, that would not have been possible without your help. Well, that, that's awesome. And, and from what I understand, it, it sounds to me like uh, you're probably speaking into your high PR 40 right now. <laughs> My new favorite microphone. <laughs> yes, I was. I was listening to, you know, of course, I once I got hooked on this thing with learning about you, I went and listened to a lot of your podcasts, which were so helpful. And then, of course, you raved about the Heil PR40. And uh, <laughs> ironically, I had been using the MXL 990, which I think you had at the same time. And it was amazing because you were doing that comparison test between the MXL 990 and the Heil PR40. And I thought, golly, how, how much more ironic could that be? Because that was the mic that I was using. You know, it was kind of a budget mic, but it looks nice. But when you did the comparison 
there wasn't any comparison. What a difference. And so, you know, the next day I'm calling you, Cliff, put in the order. And uh, I love it. And I also love that boom that uh, allows me uh, to sit back as I am right now with my feet on my desk and back in my chair. And the, the mics come to me. You know, I can be very comfortable and write in the mic at the same time. But I do love this microphone. Yeah, absolutely. And, and, and also you're, you're doing, a I would assume, a Skype mix minus uh, <laughs> using the, the mixer. And, and, and so how hard was that for you to set up? <laughs> well, as I said, once the fog finally cleared... It just makes so much sense. But you had explained the concept because I wasn't happy prior to the Mix Minus. You know, I was trying to do these Skype interviews, and I sounded pretty strong, but the other person didn't sound strong at all, and there was just a lot of inconsistencies. And I found that I would have to go back because I really wanted a highly produced show. I wasn't going to settle for a show that that I wasn't happy with. And so when I would listen to it prior to the Mix Minus, I was so unhappy with the imbalance between my caller and myself that I'd go back and re-record my questions after the fact. So I just added all this post-production time, which I did not have, and it just became a grueling process. So when I asked you about this and you explained this mix-minus thing, well, that that just didn't compute because I had no way to relate that. But with your patience and a little homework on my part, you know, we got this thing worked out. But now... Uh, you know, the caller sounds good and I sound good and we sound pretty balanced. And uh, it's such a clean way to do an interview and it could not be easier. And really, the configuration was a lot easier than I, than I initially thought. And so, you know, it's an amazing way to conduct an interview and very inexpensive. Absolutely. In, in fact, uh, the, I, I've been going, uh, we're eight hours and 15 minutes into uh, a 24-hour podcast marathon, Joe, and I started at 12.01 a.m. I've already done Skype interviews with a, um, uh, a Catholic priest from the Netherlands. Uh, <laughs> I've talked with uh, Winnie from Belgium. I've had Chrissy from Australia. I've had Anne from Germany, and I've had uh, Tess from uh, London, England. Uh, let's see here. We've had Christine from uh, New York City, and we just got off the phone with Stephen Cross. Do you know how much all of that's cost me in in phone expenses? Uh, talking to all those people around the world, absolutely nothing. Oh man. So Skype to Skype then, right? And there's no charge for that? No no charge whatsoever. I've just been talking all night long to people all around the world. And uh, and by the way, Happy New Year's to the folks uh, in, in, in Australia. I, I understand that it's already uh, January 1st there. So uh, Chrissy, welcome to this new year. She's in our yeah. chat room. But yeah, but yeah, that's the amazing thing about Skype. And then, of course, the cool thing is, is that if, if Skype sounds good, uh, like what we're doing here right now, people are hearing this. I'm not doing any post-production on this podcast episode. Um, of course, I, I have things set up in such a flow and, and a workflow that um, when the music was playing in the beginning, you heard mm-hmm. that. Mm-hmm. And and when we're done with this conversation, uh, as probably about thirty seconds into the into the place where I want to end, I'm going to start playing music real low in the background while we're finishing up. And uh, hopefully I'll be able to shut my mouth before the end of the music. I can raise it up. I hit stop. And this podcast is ready to basically put some MP3 tags on it and upload it to the net. 
Yeah, I aspire to that, Cliff. Uh, someday I hope to be like you with that. That's a, you know, that's a dream come true to produce a, a really good quality show that sounds good from the start with little to no post-production time. That's 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 something I hope to do. Well, the thing is, is 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 it? I don't think that this this method of recording is for everybody. I, I think it's it's suitable for what I'm doing. Uh, for growing a greener world, though, um, you're well. You know what? I take that back. No, Joe. I, I would say, I would say yes. Do aspire to it because let mm-hmm. me explain to you how I would do it. Um, and, and I'm sure you're interested. Uh, and, and of course, this is free consulting to you now. <laughs> I was just so. going to ask you, you took the question away from me. Right. Now, is this billable time or not? <laughs> this, this, this is on my dime here. So, so, so here's the deal. Uh, basically, you usually do your format. I've been listening to your episodes. Your format is you've got an intro uh, and, and you, you've already got a pretty decent script that you've got going on there. And then you have typically an interview. Then you talk about something else. Then you do play a second interview usually, correct? Yeah, sometimes. At least one and sometimes two interviews. Okay. With a total talk time of the show approximately 20 minutes. Okay. And then, and then you basically do all your, your pre-roll up. So, so here's, here's basically what you would do is you would actually do an interview like you, like with your Skype mix minus that you have set up now Uh and you would record that. And, Mm -hmm. and if you wanted to just basically clip off the beginning before you said, Hey everybody, I'm here talking with so-and-so or wherever you're going to cut into your interview. The the thing is, is if you can imagine what you've been doing is you've actually been going in and recording your script and then you've been adding your audio into it. And then you've been basically just drag and dropping your interview into a track. So, yes. so what I have running on my computer is a program, uh, of course, on my PC, uh, much like anything else I love in podcasting, everything I do is on a PC, but I use a program called Pod Producer, which you can get at podproducer.net, and it's absolutely free. And it's a full-featured recording program that, that allows you to, to do more than what I use it for, but I really use it as what they call an audio deck. Mm-hmm. So basically, I drag. It's got tons of button, buttons on it. It's got volume sliders and everything, and and basically, I just click a button, and then before you know it, the storm's brewing outside. You know, and and that's all I have to do. Or or if I tell a funny joke and nobody laughs, I can go. <laughs> so I, I mean, I have I have all these different buttons in front wow. of me, and and they're loaded up. And of course, you know, if I wanted to. Uh, you know, close out the song or the show. I can, I just hit the button. And wow. so what I, what I would do in this scenario is I would, I would fill up this, these buttons with the intro music to your podcast. Mm-hmm. And then the second button would be, um, the, the, the first interview that you're going to play. Uh, wow. Or actually, no. Well, you would even do uh, kind of like um, you have bumpers that you sometimes play in the background. I do. I do. Uh-huh. So basically, like, uh, so let's go ahead and uh, check out our listener feedback. And then I'd hit the button to play that first voicemail. Yeah. And, and so, <laughs> and and that's exactly what we do in the Lost Podcast. For example, uh, let me just give you an example. We okay. we we start off with. Uh, hey. Cool, you fixed it. Don't expect anything. The chances of getting a signal are slim at best. Static's good, right? 
No. And then, of course, that leads in. It's like, here's your host, Cliff and Stephanie. And we would start talking. And then uh, we would, in, during our Lost podcast, we'll say, you know, hey, we're going to uh, we're going to go ahead and break the show into two sections. Uh, first, what we're going to do is we're going to talk about the characters, the relationships, and all that good stuff. And then we're going to talk about exploring the mystery and, and all the things on the island. But let's go ahead and do some character analysis. Lost character analysis. All right. So and then, of course, I would run right in and we would start talking about the first item that's on our outline to discuss. And we would go through each of those. And it's like, okay, well, that pretty much covers that. Now let's get this to the stuff that I'm really interested in. And of course, that's what in the world's going on in this show. Let's go ahead and explore the mystery. We're lost on an island running from boars and monsters, freaking polar bears. I've looked into the eye of this island, and what I saw was beautiful. Lost. Exploring the mystery. And so you can see how, basically, you can have all of those clips that you're dragging and dropping. Yes. All put into buttons. And so, yeah, you could. I, I could so see you probably within, you know, two months from now doing yeah. a live run and basically what you're going to do is yeah. you're going to record your Skype interviews put those in that buttons in, in, in the buttons in the right order <laughs> and you're just going to go straight through and hit it record it in one shot oh man and I could so see you living in my basement I've got a room set up for you right now Cliff Can I, <laughs> I don't know what it's going to take to hire you full time but you know that's the kind of stuff that I do aspire to and, and you've convinced me that I, it's doable it's just that uh, you know I'm not quite blessed with the uh, the skills that you have to do this. So it, my learning curve is, is higher, but thankfully these tools are out there. And uh, even somebody like me, for those who are out there going, you know, I, I want to have a show too. Well, I'm probably like them in that, uh, you know, it does come around. And uh, thankfully these tools and people like you are out there to put it all together and, and put it in plain English. Absolutely. One of the things that um, I'd love to be able to tell people, and and I, and and maybe you can help explain it. Uh, when it comes to consulting work, I, I I do something that's a little bit different. People say, "Well, how in the world can you sit there and teach me how to do technical <laughs> technical things uh, oh, by yeah. phone?" I mean, you you charge this amount of money by phone for phone interview or for phone consulting. How in the world are you going to teach me how to do anything? Oh yeah. Would you explain to the people who are listening how that might happen? You know, it's almost as though I have hired you. I've flown you into my studio and put you at my desk and turned my computer over to you because of the configurations that you have. First time we talked, you know, you said, well, download this and uh, hit this button. And next thing I knew, you basically had control of my computer. I, and I saw your desktop, you saw mine, and I handed over the control of my mouse to you. And next thing I know, my mouse is moving all over my screen and you're talking and, uh, you know, you just had it. And uh, it, it really, the technology has allowed someone like you to be sitting in your office, but it's as though you are right here uh, doing everything that you need to do. So that, that alone blew me away. I mean, I was sold. You had me at that. Uh, but, uh, it's just amazing. 
It, what's really cool about it, and, and of course, I, I, I'm using one. There are a ton of different programs that allow you to do this, and, and which program people use really doesn't matter. But I, I happen to use a program called Yugma, which is basically it, it's it's kind of like a webinar screen sharing kind of program. And what I love about it, Joe, is is there are times when people do hire me to come to their place and show them how to do it. And 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 what's weird is is it's almost by phone I'm more productive as a consultant and trainer uh, to teach people how to do things because in the scenario where I'm I'm basically sharing my screen with you or yes. you're you're sharing your screen and giving me access to your your keyboard and mouse movements yeah um what's really cool is you're not looking over my shoulder you're mm-hmm. sitting comfortably your 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 hands are on the keyboard and mouse as well and you can yeah. you can move in and you can say here no let me show you whereas if i'm sitting at your computer at your location it's like well here let me show you and then you kind of have to reach your arm over and push me to the side and <laughs> and it goes back and forth and, and so in essence it, it it really does work out really well probably actually even better that you're there and I'm here. Yeah. <laughs> so anyway, um, let, let's talk about a little bit about your, your podcast. Tell us um, where we can find it first off. Okay. Well, it's um, a couple ways. There's just a domain by the name of growingagreenerworld.com. So growingagreenerworld.com. And, you know, it's just a takeoff on, on the two things about who I am and what I do. My brand and my company is Joe Gardener. And, um, you know, there's the word gardener. And yet what I'm all about is more than just gardening. Yes, that's, that's how I communicate to the public. And that's how people know me on television and through other media. But there's a message more than just gardening. And it's about environmental stewardship and sustainability and people that enjoy the outdoors and care about, you know, living a greener life. And so, whether or not you really care about gardening, hopefully this is a show that appeals to you too. If you, you know, if you care about some of these other things, and I've tried to design each show so that it's not, you know, heavily weighted towards gardening. Yeah, there's some gardening content in there for sure, but at the same time, I want it to appeal to a larger audience. And I'm a big fan of NPR. I love their the quality of their production. I love their. Um, their host, and I love the way that they include music at the start of it or at the end of it or sometimes during during a segment. And so the model for my show is somewhat like uh, many of the shows that I listen to on PBS. Um, the Splendid Table is one of my favorite shows, not PBS, but NPR. The Splendid Table is one of my favorite podcast shows. And, uh, you know, she's won many James Beard Awards in her time on air. And and I think it's a fabulous show. And hers is 53 minutes or 57 minutes. Well, certainly that's a long time for a podcast uh, of my format, maybe. So, And I don't have the time to produce that long of a show. But, you know, when you find a show that you really like, uh, it doesn't hurt to use that as your guide. And that's really what I've done so far. And as I've done each show, I've learned a little bit more. And I'm finding my voice and I'm finding my style and my rhythm, you know, learning some things that I like and things that I don't like, maybe becoming a little more relaxed in my style, a little more casual, which I want to be able to do and invite people in, you know, because uh, people that listen to podcasts um, are a little bit ahead of the curve, you know, and it's kind of a community as you've built, Cliff. And, and I want to be able to do that through my podcast because on television and sometimes through my other formats, I don't have the, that free reign to be able to be Joe Lample. And uh, my podcast allows me to do that. And, and um, so I look forward to that. So that's a little bit about the show. 
Very cool. And, and uh, you know, that that's what's really cool about podcasting is is I find that, number one, if a show is, is put together in a way that has uh, I, what I call professional audio quality, uh, which, which is not very hard to obtain, really, honestly. I, I think anybody out there, if you were to spend no uh, somewhere between anywhere between $200 and $400, you can do what I consider to be professional broadcast quality audio pro- programming. It, it, it's, it's just within your reach at that low of a cost. Um, mm. But what I found is that if a show is, is professionally produced... And, and done extremely well, regardless of what the topic is, if the time format is still fits within my my uh, attention span, even if it's a topic that is not something that's a passion of mine, I find that I can, if, if the person I listen to is extremely passionate about what it is they're talking about, I find myself at least interested in hearing about their passion. And it comes through. It comes through, especially in audio, because you don't get to see their face. So you have to rely on what you hear. And I think that becomes more prevalent in both ways uh, in audio only. Exactly. And and so I listen to your show and, and I want to I want to tell people. And like you said, is it, if you're even if you're not in the gardening, which honestly, I'm not. I'm, I'm, I'm an indoor kind of guy. I mean, I, I would maybe maybe if you had a computer program, which was a simulated gardening scenario, I might be able to get get plants to live. Uh <laughs> But but anyway, uh, I'm not into gardening, but I yeah. and, and you, sure you're my client and stuff like that. But even if you weren't my client and somebody just said, you know, check out this podcast with the time format that you have and some of the topics like, for example, one of the shows that you did during the holidays here was, um, you know, which which is better for the environment, uh, live trees or artificial trees. Now, right. I mean, that is a perfect example of how to take your passion and to and to do it in such a way that it meets the meets the interest of a niche audience, but still is relevant to people who are not one hundred percent, you know, sold on on exactly what your passion is. Exactly, and thank you for that. You know, and, and another example was one where I interviewed uh, a guy that this year grew the world's largest pumpkin for two thousand and eight. So you know, whether or not you're into extreme gardening, you know, growing the largest vegetable in the world. Uh, it was a great story, and he appeared on every major news media. He was on uh, CBS Evening News with Katie Couric. He was on USA Today. He was on NPR. I mean, he had, was flooded with media coverage. And, you know, it wasn't because those those uh, media outlets were trying to cover, you know, this guy's gardening story. It was the fact that he had a great story and the, the tension and the stress behind it and the fact that it looked as though he was going to be the first guy ever to grow a pumpkin that weighed more than 2,000 pounds, which is one ton. At the end of the story, he never he didn't get to that, but uh, it was a great story along the way. And so I was able to interview him to tell that story and spin it a little bit with the gardening questions included in that. But at the same time, ask enough questions so that the story was told that it appealed to anybody that listened, whether or not they gave a hoot about the gardening side of it. Right. Absolutely. Well, um, tell us a little bit about um, have you gotten any feedback yet? You've been how many episodes do you have out there now, Joe? Seven are out there and, uh, you know, eight is on the way. And I, and I have gotten some feedback. I've gotten some very, very good feedback from some people that are I highly respect that are um, journalists or bloggers 
Um, they're not necessarily podcasters, but that's okay because really the the audience I want isn't a podcasting audience. I'm happy to have them, but you know I'm just going to people that that are looking for starving starving for content that you know is around the message that I'm trying to deliver. But I have gotten really good feedback, and that's good. But I would just assume have not so good feedback so that I can make the show better. You know, any feedback is good as long as you do something with it. Um, but I will say this, you know, seven shows in, it's it's not an overnight sensation. You know, they, somebody once told me it takes nine years to, to become an overnight sensation. So there's a lot of work behind the scenes, and it does take some time. And, uh, you know, some people get off to a faster start. I think a lot of that has to do with the popularity of the topic. Mm-hmm. Um, but... Uh, you know, I would have thought by now, maybe, you know, with a little bit of track record behind my name and stuff that, you know, I, I would have these, a gazillion subscribers, which isn't the case. And, uh, you know, it's not gardening season. We're in the dead of winter, you know, right here at new year. So it's not as though everybody's looking for a gardening show or even thinking about that right now. But, uh, as, as we get into spring and I've got another, you know, week, you know, week after week I do a show. And so by then, you know, I'm going to have a couple dozen shows and uh, I think that that's when things will really take off, and that's when I will hit a sharpen my skills and refine my show, and and uh, that's okay because right now this is a great opportunity for me to work out the kinks when you know there's not this uh, these people that are really trying it and dishing it because it's uh, it's not meeting their expectations. So that's okay. But I do look forward to a time where. Uh, you know, I, I have a community like you've been able to build. And I know that for you, you've been doing this now three years and one time, one year full time. You know, you didn't get to this point overnight either, although you did get have some fast starts with some of your shows. But I think it takes consistency and persistency uh, with an attention to good quality as you've done. And I think if, if you have the right equipment, you're going to have that affinity audience no matter what the topic, if you just put those few components together. And for me, that's happening. But, you know, slowly, but definitely, surely. Absolutely. Let, let me um, just give you um, some advice here uh, regarding the the growth of your audience and stuff like that. And it's it's information that folks of the podcast Answer Man, you've heard it time and time again. It's, it's always going to be said over and over again because we're always getting new listeners to the podcast Answer Man. Um, and, and that is to take the audience that you have now and and find ways to really recognize those people and 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 establish some sort of relationship with them. If you can do that, that above anything else, I can guarantee you is bar none the secret to any podcaster's success. Okay, so give us some examples. So some examples of what this means is that, for example, uh, you you invite feedback to to your to your show. Uh, the the easiest way to start out is simply ask people to go to the show notes. Make sure that you put something in your show notes that is something that is going to be of such great value that there's just no way that they're going to turn down going to growingagreenerworld.com, scrolling down to episode number eight and looking at the show notes to get that information. And say, you know, if, if, and if you enjoy this show and if it's been beneficial to you, I'd love to know what you think about it. And if you don't enjoy the show, I'd love to know that too. In fact, if you love the show, leave a comment on the blog, uh, on the, on, on the show notes section. If you don't like the show, email me, you know, mm-hmm. and, and, and just to consistently ask for feedback every single time. And here's the thing. When you get the feedback, 
you do two things with it. Number one, you respond to the individual. And number two, you respond to the individual again. Only do it in your show. Aha. Uh-huh. See? Th- yeah, that, people like to be stroked. And uh, that's a great, great point. Let me, let me tell you how I came across this. And, 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 and I, th- I think it's a fundamental thing that everybody uh, goes through. I remember when I first started listening to podcasts, and and at the time, I thought podcasters were the same as any other gigantic celebrity out there. In my <laughs> mind, it's just like, oh my gosh, these these people are just like so they're celebrities. And and believe it or not, there are people who are listening who will, who will tune into Growing a Greener World, and it will be among the first of podcasts that they ever hear of, and they'll think, oh my gosh, this guy's a major celebrity. Now, sure, you have even national television, but even if they don't know about I, that. Because right. you have this professional quality sound, it's like, oh, this guy's never going to listen to me. You know, he's <laughs> he's not going right. to respond to my email. Yeah, yeah. But yeah. He, here's what happened. I remember I I sent in. I left a voicemail. They said, hey, we we have a voicemail line, uh, and you can leave us your voice feedback. And I remember leaving a, a call with my name. My name's Cliff Ravenscraft, and and I, I love your podcast. And by the way, um, here's my theory about what's going on on the TV show. And and it was that that call was about a minute and a half long, and I said I ha- I actually have a, a screen capture proving this, and I've got proof of this on my blog at ravenscraft.org. And so I left this voicemail, and and they responded. You know, I left the voicemail, and first of all, they came to my blog and they said, "Hey, Cliff, we got your voicemail. That is great proof. In fact, I'm going to put a link to your blog in our show notes." When, and we're going to be putting your call into our show. Into our show, I listened to the show and I got so excited when I when I heard my name. I went and got Stephanie and said, "Stephanie, you got to listen to this." And then I and then I found anybody else I knew that loved the TV show Lost, and I made them listen to this podcast. <laughs> you are a raving fan That's because ex- of that reach out. Exactly. It's because they connected with me. And you know what? It only took that one time. They didn't need to continually stroke my ego. It it was that one time that made such an impression. It's like, wow, that's cool. Mm -hmm. And, and it's turned me into, it turned me into a fan and, and that's exactly it. It, It's basically, I went on to tell other people about their show and ultimately they, they were among those who inspired me to, to take it on myself. Well, this is another example that I use all the time, and it applies across the board no matter what you're talking about. But when you're trying to do something that everybody else is doing, how do you separate yourself from them? And I learned this from a guy that I used to work for a long time ago, but he once told me people buy differences. They don't buy similarities. And so – you know, if you're listening to that guy's podcast and all these other ones, and there's you know a lot of them doing the same topic, and you wrote that comment to them, and you, and you never got a comment back, which probably most of us expect that we're not going to hear something back. Well, that would have been par for the course. But the fact that this guy actually reached out to you and did something a little bit different—I mean, he took 30 seconds to go ahead and make that reply and post that link. You know, he had you for a lifetime, and that's mm-hmm. the difference that people buy. But so often. We don't do those things that that are simple to do and would make a huge difference forever. And that's a great example of that. That's a difference, not a similarity, and he got you for life. That's exactly right. Since since we started this uh, marathon, I've got 26 emails in my in my inbox, 
And and that so basically, if you take approximately one minute for every twenty six of of those emails, I guarantee you, there's no question in my mind that I'm going to spend at least thirty minutes on what on what's in my inbox right now, and I will respond to every single one of those 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 messages. And and the reason why is because those are people who are not only spending the time listening to my content, which by golly, their time's valuable. Mm-hmm. And so if they're if and that's what I always say to podcasters, like how many listeners do you have? And some people will say, I only got 40 people. It's like you have 40 people who and how long is your podcast? And they'll say it's 45 minutes. That's 40 people who are giving you 45 minutes of their life. Yeah. To listen to what you have to say. And what's your show about? Uh, well, I talk about the stuff I like to do when I go out with the guys. And, and like, <laughs> come on. You got 40 people listening to this. You have to start really interacting with these people. You have to you have to engage that audience. And and, and that's the way you build community. I really believe it's, it's one relationship at a time. And and. If you if I tell people if you can't see the value in connecting with people individually, you'll never be able to experience the value of having a raving community of people who love what you do. Yeah, and Cliff, the other one other observation that I've easily noticed in watching uh, watching your uh, online forum and listening to all your different shows, and you know I knew this from the day I talked to you the first time. You're very transparent by design. You make no pretenses about who you are. You don't hide behind anything. You are who you are. Uh, and uh, you bring that out and you let people into your life. You invite them in. And, you know, so often we don't get to do that with somebody that we really have an attraction to because of some content or some information that they're providing. And so, you know, we become a, we, 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 we form an, a relationship with them, however vicarious that is. But in your case, you, you know, you reach out to them and you bring them in simply by the fact that you share things about you and your life and, you know, that most people don't do. Again, that's a difference, but that's why I think your community has become so successful and so large so fast is that uh, you're doing those things. I remember the um, the video podcast that you put up when you were out taking a walk and, uh, you know, talking about getting ready to go to the um, uh, the CES. CES. And, uh, you know, here's this guy walking in his neighborhood, holding up a video camera of him to himself, doing this you know, interviewing himself, walking down the sidewalk in his neighborhood as cars are going by. And, you know, I'm thinking to myself, that is great that he can do that. Now, I would probably feel a little ridiculous and self-conscious doing that myself and probably wouldn't have the guts to walk down any street, let alone my own neighborhood, holding out a camera, talking to it. But, uh, you know, you do things like that. And that's what's so cool and so appealing is that you're just, you're so real and so transparent that people really gravitate to that because there's so little of that out there these days. Yeah, and 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 I think if you could just find out what it is, and and of course the the important thing is 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 don't try to recre- recreate being Cliff because if you're right. not if you if that's not in your personality, it, it you're just going to come off as inauthentic. And people Absolutely. people people will not only not listen, they'll tell people not to listen. 
<laughs> I mean, it, it, it's really bad. So uh, stay away from being inauthentic. Now, let's talk about Twitter for a moment, because okay. I remember remember the very first conversation we had. And, and when tw- Twitter came up, uh, your your concern was, well, it's just I don't know if I want to be you know that transparent and let people into every single aspect of my life, you know. Right. So obviously you've overcome the original. And, and of course, I'm not I mean, this is a generalization and an accusation or um, a misconception of Twitter from everybody. The, the, yeah. the, matter of fact, you were very nice about it. So many people start off with, oh, my gosh, that is the stupidest thing I ever heard of. Who <laughs> who would get involved in something like that? But now you're on Twitter. Tell me how long have you been on Twitter? I think I've been on Twitter about a month. Okay. And tell me your experience so far. Uh, you know, I've learned a lot about Twitter too. It's, it's, it's a matter of just like everything else. Once you do it a little while, you start to figure this out. And, uh, you know, all my fears have been allayed. One of my concerns was, well, gosh, you know, if I'm tweeting out there and all these people are following me, uh, First of all, they don't all just suddenly show up as a follower. You know, you don't you don't sign up for Twitter and next thing you know you have 2000 people following you. I think eventually that comes, but it doesn't happen overnight. But the other thing is, you know, they only read what I choose to put out there. It's not as though they've got a camera into my world. I can let them in with what I say or not. So, I in my early days of Twitter, you know, I thought you're supposed to talk about, you know, what you had for breakfast and, you know, what you're thinking about while you're driving. And, you know, I do still see plenty of those tweets on some people that I follow on what they're making for dinner. And, you know, that's fine, but that's just not my thing. The other thing is, um, for me to see those things keep popping up, you know, that gets a little old. And I don't know that there's a lot of value there. You know, we all are busy in our lives and I'm not so interested in learning about the minutia of someone else's. But I will say that what I find of most value is for the things that you do and some of the things that I now do. And that is to say, hey, I've got a new podcast that just went live or I'm going, I'm going live in the chat room with our lo- new Lost podcast or My Crazy Life. And you know, Cliff, um, when you do those little tweets, there's a lot of times that I just click on that tiny URL and go right to your, sh- your show. And it's only because I saw that tweet that made me aware of that. And another example would be, you know, if I if I've just posted a new blog entry or I put my new podcast out there or I posted a new article on my website or I'm about to do an interview somewhere, you know, I'll put that out there because there are people that have an interest in sort of following me for the fact that they know me from other places. Um, so I let them know about that. But then if I learn about something that I think is a value, I love to put a link to that because I feel like I'm I'm giving something of value to them and that's appreciated and it's an such an easy way to do it. Somebody asked me last night, how long, how much time do you spend on Twitter a day? Well, the fact of the matter is it's, it's literally less than five minutes because it's so, you only have 140 characters and, uh, you know, the way that you can hyperlink things these days, that only takes a second and, uh, you're out of there. And if you choose to be on it more than that, well, that's, you know, that's totally optional. But for me, you know, it's once or twice a day, maybe more if there's something of value to say. But other than that, you know, I just reach out every now and then, but I don't feel like uh, this compulsion to, to do nothing but tweet all day. Yeah. And, and see, that's the thing is, is, uh, and that's the truth of all these tools, all these social tools. Facebook is the same thing, but I, I think that you should choose one and, and, and overcome the, the initial impression or the idea of what you think it is 
And and obviously, if, if there are as many people out there that are talking about Twitter and Facebook, there's got to be something to it. And Absolutely. It's, and it's not just voyeurism. It, it it's not just craziness. It, it there there is there is uh, there is value to be found in these tools. And it's and it's really what you make of it. And and I think what you're doing is an excellent job. I mean, you, you're just getting in there. You're you're posting things that that promote some of the stuff that you're doing online uh, with links back to your site, which of course I'm even clicking on and and stuff like that. And uh, you know, what's really cool is here. Here's the deal. If I was to say in a podcast. Uh, you know, for example, everybody listening to this interview right now, go to growingagreenerworld.com. Do you know how many people would do that? <laughs> With your voice a lot. Well, several people, well, several people will. But but let me tell you what will happen is is a lot of people are listening to this while they're driving their car, while they're where they're out walking or jogging and stuff like that. Chances are some of I mean every first of all, anybody who's listening near their computer has already been on your site since the the time we've we've uh uh, been talking, whether they're either live or or listening via the podcast. Uh, but th- those who are away from the computer are not going to be clicking on it. Here's the deal, though. I put up, I put out a Twitter message that says, "Hey, everybody, check out my client over at GrowingAGreenerWorld.com. Tell me what you think about his podcast." Mm-hmm. And and I guarantee you, it's it's hundreds of people yeah. immediately within seconds that are on your site. Well, Cliff, I know for a fact that I've gotten a, uh, a nice comment on my um, Growing a Greener Worlds blog from one of your listeners that uh, I think is one of the co-hosts on your um, Wayne. Is it Wayne? Wayne Henderson? Yes. Yeah. And, uh, you know, because of that, you know, he found me because of you and I found him because of you because when he left that comment on my thing, I, I certainly went to his link and learned about his show and read about his stuff and, uh, you know, listened to his his show. And, and I didn't know he existed until he commented to me and he didn't know about me until he heard it from you. So it's amazing how this all works, but uh, it's a it's a wonderful technology, that's for sure. It, it is, and and so that's why I'm I'm very glad uh, that that uh, you were able to to overcome that initial fear of you know oh this is just going to be people are just constantly going to want to know everything about my life and and it's and I'm glad you finally are are seeing that that value and and, and I think it's awesome I think it's yeah. awesome. Yeah, and Facebook is my next uh, entree. You know, that's the one thing I haven't done yet. Uh, but it's it's just like Twitter, only probably a little bit bigger. But I know that there's a lot of overlap there, which is nice to know. But uh, many people that I admire and respect in media, uh, including you, have said, you know, that's the other thing that you need to do. So I know, I, I know, probably within the next few days, I'll set that all up and at least, you know, get get my bio information out there so people know where I am and what I'm doing, what yeah. I'm up to. Yeah. And, and one of the things I'll let people know that are listening to this show is, uh, I'm hopefully going to be very shortly doing a refresh of, uh, Facebook one Oh one, my video tutorial series. Um, sure. probably once I get back from CES, uh, but anyway, the, Joe, when you get into Facebook, the, the big important thing is the, the first thing you want to do after you upload your picture and set up your profile and stuff like that, you'll want to click on settings and then you yeah. want to click on notifications and you'll want to uncheck mark every single box you can check uncheck. And, uh-huh. th- and what that does is it avoids Facebook from ever sending you an email. Cause if, nice. you, if you don't, 
you will get from Facebook, you'll probably get somewhere between 15 to 25 emails a day of people saying, hey, I'd like to send you a a growing gift from this application. I'd like, you know, we want you to join the vampire group or so-and-so just poked you on Facebook. Yeah, just what I need, more emails. <laughs> exactly. And so that's that's the first thing that you do. And then yeah. the second thing that you do, of course, when you get into Facebook is is you start ignoring all the applications. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, and, and of course, uh, I'll be training people on how to do that in the Facebook 101 tutorial series and stuff like that. But I'm sure you and I will talk about that separately in upcoming calls. I've got a long list of things to talk to you about, you know, as we continue our consulting relationship. But I'm telling you, it, it is money well spent because you have taught me so much already and there's so much more to learn. Yeah, absolutely. I, I'm glad that that um, I'm glad that you found us. And huh. that makes two of us. <laughs> and uh, uh, it's been very good talking with you. So, and, fo- yeah, yeah and, go ahead. just let me say I wouldn't I would not have my shows out there yet. Uh, and, and if I even did, which I know I would not have. They certainly would not have the quality that you've been able to add to the show in such a short period of time. So, bar none, uh, I you know I am so thankful that uh, for Google and for Podcast Answer Man and you know Podcast Consulting that you showed up and have uh, accomplished so much in such a short period of time for me. And anybody that's on the fence about this, you know, spend a little money, hire Cliff. Uh, don't take them away from the access time that I need for them. Though so that was what I told you the first day. My biggest concern with you, once I found out how good you were, was it's just a matter of time before you're too busy. And uh, I asked for uh, squatters' rights on that because uh, I don't want to let you go. All right, man. Well, you, I'll be around, and and you always have some priority there. So, good deal, Joe. Thank you very much for uh, joining me on this episode of Podcast Answer Man. Thanks, Cliff. See you down the road. All right, we'll talk to you soon. Okay. 